Chapter Ten of Tales of the Enchanted Islands of the Atlantic. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Arnie Horton. Tales of the Enchanted Islands of the Atlantic by Thomas Higginson. Chapter Ten King Arthur at Avalon. In the ruined castle at Winchester, England, built by william the conqueror there is a hall called the great hall where richard Coeur de leon was received by his nobles when rescued from captivity where henry the third was born where all the edwards held court where henry the eighth entertained the emperor charles v where queen mary was married to philip the second where parliament met for many years it is now a public hall for the county and at one end of it the visitor sees against the wall a vast wooden tablet on which the names of king arthur's knights of the round table are inscribed in a circle no one knows its date or origin though it is known to be more than four hundred years old but there appear upon it the names most familiar to those who have read the legends of king arthur whether in Tennyson's poems or elsewhere. There are Lancelot and Bedivere, Gawain and Dagonet, Modred and Gareth, and the rest. Many books have been written of their deeds, but a time came when almost all those knights were to fall, according to the legend, in one great battle. Modred, the king's nephew, had been left in charge of the kingdom during arthur's absence and had betrayed him and tried to dethrone him meaning to crown himself king many people joined with him saying that under arthur they had had only war and fighting but under modred they would have peace and bliss yet nothing was farther from modred's purpose than bliss or peace and it was agreed at last that a great battle should be fought for the kingdom on the night of trinity sunday king arthur had a dream he thought he sat in a chair upon a scaffold and the chair was fastened to a wheel he was dressed in the richest cloth of gold that could be made but far beneath him he saw a pit full of black water in which were all manner of serpents and floating beasts then the wheel began to turn and he went down down among the floating things and they wreathed themselves about him till he cried help help then his knights and squires and yeomen aroused him but he slumbered again not sleeping nor thoroughly waking then he thought he saw his nephew sir gawain with a number of fair ladies and when king arthur saw him he said oh fair nephew what are these ladies who come with you sir said sir gawain these are the ladies for whose protection i fought while i was a living man and god has given them grace that they should bring me thither to you to warn you of your death if you fight with sir mordred to-morrow you must be slain and most of your people on both sides so sir gawain and all the ladies vanished and then the king called upon his knights and squires and yeomen and summoned his lords and bishops they agreed to propose to sir modred that they should have a month's delay 
and meanwhile agreed to meet him with fourteen persons on each side, besides Arthur and Modred. Each of these leaders warned his army when they met to watch the other, and not to draw their swords until they saw a drawn sword on the other side. In that case, they were to come on fiercely. So the small party of chosen men on each side met and drank wine together, and agreed upon a month's delay before fighting. But while this was going on, an adder came out of a bush, and stung a knight on the foot, and he drew his sword to slay it, and thought of nothing farther. At the sight of that sword, the two armies were in motion. Trumpets were blown instantly, and the men of each army thought that the other army had begun the fray. Alas, this unhappy day, cried King Arthur, and as the old chronicle says, nothing there was but rushing and riding, fencing and striking, and many a grim word was there spoken either to other, and many a deadly stroke. The following is the oldest account of the battle, translated into quaint and literal English by Madden, from the book called Leoman's Brute. Innumerable folk it came toward the host, riding and on foot, as the rain down falleth, Arthur marched to Cornwall with an immense army. Modred heard that, and advanced against him with innumerable folk. There were many fated. Upon the tambour they came together. The place hight Camelford, evermore lasted the same word and at Camelford was assembled sixty thousand and more thousands thereto. Modred was their chief. Then thitherward gan ride Arthur the mighty with innumerable folk, fated though it were, upon the tambour they encountered together, elevated their standards, advanced together, drew their long swords, smote on the helms, fire outsprang, spears splintered shields gan shiver shafts break in pieces there fought altogether innumerable folk timber was in flood with blood to excess there might no man in the fight know any warrior nor who did worse nor who better so was the conflict mingled for each slew downright were he swain were he knight there was modred slain and deprived of life day, and all his knights slain in the fight. There were slain all the brave Arthur's warriors, high and low, and all the Britons of Arthur's board, and all his dependents of many kingdoms, and Arthur wounded with broad slaughter spear, fifteen dreadful wounds he had. In the least, one might thrust two gloves, then was there no more remained in the fight of two hundred thousand men that there lay hewed in pieces except Arthur the king alone and two of his knights. Arthur was wounded wondrously much. There came to him a lad who was of his kindred. He was Cador's son, the Earl of Cornwall, Constantine the lad hight. He was dear to the king. Arthur looked on him where he lay on the ground, and said these words with sorrowful heart, Constantine, thou art welcome. Thou wert Cador's son. I give thee here my kingdom, 
and defend thou my Britons ever in thy life, and maintain them all the laws that have stood in my days, and all the good laws that in Uther's days stood. And I will fare to Avalon, to the fairest of all maidens, to Argonth the queen, an elf most fair, and she shall make my wounds all sound, make me all whole with healing draughts, and afterwards I will come to my kingdom, and dwell with the Britons 